Welcome to Wealth Well Done. Together, we'll cover a wide range of important topics surrounding money and the impact it has on our lives. From the sophisticated and highly valuable planning techniques of the ultra-wealthy to the commonly underutilized biblical teachings. Together, we'll work to improve our relationship with money and our effectiveness in stewarding it well. Here's your host, Eric Scoville. Welcome to the 36th episode of the Wealth Well Done podcast, where we lean into the tactical, practical, and spiritual advice to help you do your wealth well done. Today, a bit of spur of the moment, maybe Holy yeah. Spirit led, um, <laughs> get to have my good friend Nathan Rickner here, pastor at our church, uh, brother in Christ, a spiritual giant, and uh, just a man I look up to in so many ways. And so um, we're going to dive into some stuff here. And you know what, actually, I want to pray before we even get started with this. Please, um, let's do it. I think that the topic the topic might be a little bit heavy here. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. Holy Spirit, we just ask that that this topic here, as it um, as the listeners take it in, <laughs> even as, as I take it in here, um, that you open open our hearts, open our minds, let let your words uh, reach us where where they need to go. Yes, um, yes, God. Stir us up in the way that you want us to be stirred yes. up. Uh, let let the let our takeaways from this be something that that drive us to action, drive us to change, and to continue to grow yes. in the intentionality with how we conduct ourselves, how we live our lives for your glory. Yes. Jesus, we ask all this in your name. Amen. 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 All right. And I gotta say, I'm I'm proud to be here with you, Eric. Brother, I appreciate the it. the love is mutual. All right, so. all right. So where where I feel like I want to start with this is something that's been on my mind here. We've been some of the last few podcasts that we've talked about have have started to go here a little bit more. We a couple of weeks ago we did one on the parable of talents, Come. and so we went into obviously there, there's so much to be said about the first two stewards who did yep. so great, yeah, and then but. The last one, the last one gave me a sense of fear for people, hmm. uh, for myself and, and for others there, hmm. because he was a wicked and slothful servant who fear gripped him. He was wicked and slothful, and he's cast into the outer darkness. And and so just it, it, it stirred in me this idea that the stakes are high. Yeah. And I've been thinking about that more and more. The stakes are high. Yeah. And we... So often, I'm gonna I'm gonna call Christians, and I think a lot of times I I don't know I don't know about other cultures outside of America really with this. So I'm gonna say American Christians. There's so many of us that have a shallow form of faith. There's so many of us that have um, that think we belong to the Christian club. We've checked the box. We've been baptized. You know, yeah. Often hear people talk about you got fire insurance. Yeah. But the depth of our relationship with Christ is minimal. And so, um, when when he talks about when when Jesus, I guess in, in the last in the last podcast we just did was on was on fear, and mm. and just running through some different things about what the Bible has to say about fear, common fears that that uh, that people have, fears that I'm still dealing with today. Yeah. Um, but the in this this idea of of w- with the stakes being high, and when Jesus says. To them, when 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 people are going to say to him, "The Lord, didn't we didn't we do this, 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 and this?" Yeah, and these yeah, are yeah, great yeah. things that they have yeah. done. Like most American Christians would not even check the box to get up to that stature. Uh, if if we are considering it all by our works, they would not yeah. they would not even reach that. 
and they're saying, didn't we do this, this, and this in your name? And he's going to say, get away from me. I never knew you. Yeah. And so that is a fear uh, that, that, that is grips me as I, as I think about not only my own life, but also the, the Christians around me who I don't think are leaning into their faith, you know, even to the extent I am. And I think I've got a lot of room to grow here as well. So I want to lean in here with, with you. Um, and for someone listening to the podcast here right now, we're saying, I thought I tuned into a financial podcast. <laughs> don't worry. This ties into finances too. We're going to get there. It let's, does. Let's set a little bit of the groundwork here. So you can start to wrap that a little bit. Yeah, actually. <clears throat> so, you know, we, we talked about Matthew 3 even before we started recording. Right. But as you're talking just now, what's hitting me is the fear of the Lord. Yes. Right? Like, we have lost that in the American church. We've lost any sense of the fear of the Lord, reverence before him, and, and walking before him with humility and with contrition over our sin, right? Like when Isaiah saw God in, in Isaiah 6, he cried out, woe am I, because I'm a man of unclean lips. Yeah. He, he breaks out like shouts and it falls down before the Lord because he's like, I'm, I'm realizing that the Lord is holy and I am not. Yeah. Right? Like that realization is what gets us into the fear of the Lord. And it's the fear of the Lord that keeps us from sin. It keeps us from compromise. It keeps us walking in integrity and in wholeheartedness before the Lord. We need that today. So I, I want to unpack you. You are so right. I want to unpack this um, and mainly let you correct any bad theology I gave everyone last week. <laughs> so, so oh my God! Literally last week, we I, I walked through these different fears that we have, and I said, "But there is this healthy fear, and this yes. is the Bible knew it. The Bible talks yes. about fear of the Lord. Yes, and and what I, I, I mentioned here. So we often think of that as reverence, which yeah. it absolutely is. Yeah, but I also think there should be a there should be a, a fear of the Lord in another way too, because as you read through Old Testament and New Testament, there's a lot to have fear over, and and, and having a fear of hell is is something that not too many people have, because yeah. they just haven't given any thought to it. And we, yeah. So the story I used this morning with uh, with someone was we are we're so distracted by the. Um, by our life, by the job, the money, the the relationships, everything else. We're so distracted by these things that we have in front of us here. Um, and I, I had the guys raise their hand about who, you know, who here is a father. And when we talked about that and how deep that relationship was, and we we're talking about seeking, you know, seeking isn't just, Hey, I dropped some food on the floor. You know, did I find it? I yeah. they rolled under the desk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know, seeking that that's looking for something. Seeking is if you lost your child and, what would you do? I would go to the end of the earth. I would drop everything. I would do, you know, that's seeking. Yeah. And the Bible tells us to seek with our whole heart. So then with this idea of, of how so many of us approach faith, I told him, this is like, I'm at a stadium, an NFL stadium with 80,000 people there. And I've got my, you know, three-year-old kid with me and we're out in the, you know, in the, um, the concourse and everyone's, everyone else is out there too. And so you have to be really close, pay attention to him. But I decide I want some Skittles. And so I just go off and go buy Skittles. I'm focused on trying to find Skittles and leave my kid there. And like, yeah, good luck finding your kid yeah. after that. And it's just like, yeah. we, the these things of this world that we focus so much of our attention on in the bigger picture, if we believe that there is a creator and that he gave us 
this, you know, this layout of how this whole world works that he has in the Bible, yeah. then us focusing on these little worldly things that we all do, me just as guilty as anyone yeah. else, is like me going off and to buy Skittles when I just left my three-year-old in the middle of the right. 80,000 people and who knows right. if I'll ever find it again. Right. But if I don't have the fear of the Lord, right, these little compromises, mm -hmm. something that's trivial, like I, I actually don't have the right perspective about it. So that illustration you just used about leaving your kid behind, some something way more important than you going to get Skittles, mm -hmm. right? If I don't have the fear of the Lord, I lose all perspective. I start chasing after the things of this world, the things that are temporal, the things that are trivial, and I lose sight of eternity. Right. I lose sight of things that really matter. I lose sight of things that have real weight and real importance in God's eyes. So without the fear of the Lord, we don't have proper perspective. We can't live for eternity without the fear of the Lord. Yeah. So yeah. if we take this back to money, okay, we talk about very people who are listening to this podcast right now. You cannot handle money faithfully and handle it in light of eternity if you don't have the fear of the Lord in your heart. Right. So th this is what I was turning to earlier, is that the Lord says in Jeremiah 32, he's talking about his people. He says, I will give them one heart in one way that they may fear me forever for their own good and the good of their children after them. I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from doing good to them. And then he says this, I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn from me. So he connects the fear of the Lord. It's not only for your good. Yeah. It's a good thing for you. But he says, the fear of the Lord being put in your heart is actually what's going to keep you from turning from me. It's going to keep you from walking in sin and compromise. Yeah. So again, specifically with money, we got to have the fear of the Lord right. to handle it faithfully. Right. If we look at money, the, and, and so, all right. So, so, uh, this morning I mm -hmm. was, I was going to talk to this group of guys. I was seven minutes late and I, I walked in and I, Apologize to them, but uh, one guy gave it to me. He, he he let me know, and he was spot on. It was disrespectful of me. He said, "You you chose something else that was more important to you than that." And he was right. I was with my kids, and I chose I chose to do that. But I was still I disrespected them by showing up late. Later on in this, I was talking about uh, so in here I, I've mentioned a couple times Joby Martin and Joby Martin, the pastor of Church of Eleven Twenty Two in Florida has a saying he talks about where if you've been run over by the grace train, you're going to look different. And so I used that illustration and said, listen, <laughs> if I if I told you yeah. guys that the reason I was late wasn't because I was doing something more important, you know, I, I was going to be early, but I, I got run over by a train on my way here. <laughs> and you look at me and my clothes are not cut up and I'm not even bloody. <clears throat> you would not believe me that I got run, that I got run over by a train. And when, he, when you understand what Jesus went through and what grace actually yeah. is, like, actually yeah. is then not just like you know yeah i'm forgiven by my sin of my sins and, and i move on with that you know let's go plan our vacation like it, not that like that is not you have not i don't think you've received it then because when you've been yeah. run over by the grace and when you have seen god like a man as wonderful as jeremiah is, like when, when you've seen that's right when you have seen him or or felt him and you have to be 
different. You, yes. You, and so what he says is, if you've been run over by the grace train, your life is going to be different. Yes. And I think that, you know, as we go on to this, every aspect of our lives, but also our finances, our yeah. finances uh, should not look like the finances of an unbeliever across the street yeah. who also yeah. gives money to charity That's right. a little bit here and there. Like our finances should be submitted under the authority yeah. of God through the fear of through the fear of the Lord. Yes. That's right. That's right. Even the way you go about like our our entire approach, our entire posture, not just practically what we end up doing with our money, right. but our whole approach, the whole mentality to it is completely different because we're saying all of it belongs to somebody else. Right. <laughs> not not to me, it all belongs to the Lord. And I, I think about the Sermon on the Mount uh, in Matthew 6, where Jesus actually said to let, l- when you give, don't let, you know, one hand know what the other's doing, right? right. He's talking about giving in secret. Mm-hmm. So even then, our approach is like totally different. If those things aren't actually being fleshed out in our lives, if we're, if we're not actually doing them, we're not doing the things Jesus told us to do. That's an issue. Yeah. And, and then back to the point, the stakes are high. Yeah. If you're not doing this, well, because in, in American Christianity, we have adopted this very comfortable view of salvation. Yeah. I, I checked the box. I've got my fire insurance. I go on with my life from here. And and maybe I let God in on some of my Sundays, as long as he doesn't encroach too much into, you know, football time, but, <laughs> but not into my finances, not into my sex life, not into, yeah, not yeah. into anything yeah. else here. Like those things yeah. are off. Like, that, that's me. You know, you, you just stay over here in your lane, God. Like we understood how ignorant of a comment that was. You, you, we, we wouldn't do it, but, but that's, I feel like there are so many Christians today who, who are going to, we're going to, they're going to call themselves Christians who will, have a really uncomfortable uh, news when they get to their judgment day. And I don't think, and I don't think we have a fear of the Lord about that. Cause I think we're all pretty comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's true. I mean, you're, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. But again, the message that's being preached in most churches has been watered down enough so that we're, we're made to be okay in our comfort you know, most people are so divorced from what this word actually says. They don't actually even read this for themselves. They have no idea what Jesus even said in the Sermon on the Mount, like we were just talking about. Right. When you're divorced from that and your only intake of the word of God is for 20 minutes on a Sunday, of course, you're going to live a watered down gospel. Of course, you're you're going to feel real comfortable just going about your life and here and there you do something that they told you in church to do, but you're going to be very far away from the New Testament picture of Christianity, what Jesus actually called us to. All right. So you, as a pastor, have a, have a task of and a responsibility of trying to bring people in. Right, so we want to bring people in who come from a, a very unchurched background or who have been um, 
pushed out by religion in some way or who have been told, you know, they lost a, they lost a child and they said, well, God needed another little angel in heaven or all these, these stupid things that, that, that we say and these things that we have let mankind represent God in a way that has been far from God. And therefore, we just said, screw this God thing and we walk away. So you, we're trying to, as a, as a pastor, you're trying to bring those people back in. Yeah. You're trying to bring the people in who have never heard about God or who have grown up in another religion um, and show them love and compassion and kindness. Yet then, boom, here's here's the truth. And so how do you, how should we walk the line? How should someone listening to this podcast who is, they're, they're, uh, this podcast is the, is the first thing that they're really taking in from a spiritual perspective, like, how do we how do we do both? It's a big question. I <clears throat> I try to line my message up as much as possible with scripture. Mm-hmm. What do I see in the scripture? And what I see, okay, this is part of what we were talking about was so Matthew 3, John the Baptist calls people to repentance. Then Jesus shows up on the scene, Matthew 4, he says repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Right? Then you get to Pentecost, the Holy Spirit's poured out. What are the apostles preaching? They're saying, repent, turn, repent for your sins. And and I want to... This applies to brand new Christian and seasoned vet. Oh, yeah, totally. Okay. And then I want to get to this um, because Paul says it really clear. In Acts 26, listen to this. He says to King Agrippa when he's standing before him, He says that I declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, throughout all the region in Judea, and to the Gentiles. Everywhere he went, what did he declare? He said that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. In other words, when you repent, when you turn from your sin and you turn to God, like you were saying earlier, you actually have to do things that prove your repentance is real. Now, again, we're not talking about earning your salvation. We know that's a free gift based on the grace of Jesus. None of us could do a thing to earn our salvation. And yet, when Jesus says, follow me, that that actually means you have to do something, right? And right here, what Paul says, this was his message. He said, if you've truly repented of your sins, then go show me that you have. Go get rid of the pornography that you're addicted to, right? Right. Go straighten up your tax reports that you've been lying on. You know, whatever it is, go set it right. Because that's repentance, you don't just pray a prayer and then go on living life as you were. Repentance isn't just saying sorry. Yeah. <laughs> or or forgive me, God. Like repentance means you actually now go do something. <laughs> Again, you're not earning it. But when Jesus calls us to himself, he calls us to a actual way of life. So... <clears throat> End of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, right? Those who build their house on the rock are those who actually, I'll I'll read the the real verse here. The very end of it, 
Jesus says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So that's Jesus. Jesus is actually calling us to real obedience. He's calling us to actually do something. <laughs> and the, the, the message of repentance has been so watered down in the church that as soon as you start talking about it and you start calling people to actually obey the words of Jesus, everybody goes, oh, that's legalistic. Oh, you're, you're, you're talking about earning your salvation. You're like, no, I'm reading the, the <laughs> words of the scriptures. I'm reading the words of the Bible. Man, yes. James James lays it out real well, too, with yes. following up on what Jesus said. Yes. That there, there are two kinds of faith. There's an alive faith and a dead faith. That's right. And so if you have, I'm not saying that your faith or that your works earn, that, that your, your works do not earn your We've been clear about that. Salvation. That's right. They do not. That's right. But you are not going to have faith if you don't have works. Because if you if you if you have been run over by the grace train, it's going to it's going to cause changes in your <laughs> yes, life. Yes. And and if you have a faith, if you have real faith, yeah. it's going to produce change. It's going to produce repentance. It's going to produce works. It's yes. going to produce me putting my nose in that word yes. and trying to figure out what he says. Yes. And if I'm going on with my day, having never spent more than you know ten minutes in that thing, like, <laughs> I'm going to challenge that. And so <laughs> I've heard a pastor say that if you were on trial for being a Christian, which is a kind of a joke here in America, but that is a very real thing in other parts of the world yeah. right now. You go to yeah. Africa, you know, Asia, Middle yeah. East, like there is extreme persecution. And and if someone's on trial for their faith, for being a Christian, and is there enough evidence to convict them? That's right. And and I would right. say, like looking at me, who I was, and so you you've been a pastor's kid, so you've always been perfect. <laughs> You wish. <laughs> and I, I have been rotten, very rotten, and but I I still consider myself a Christian at that point because I went to a uh, I went to a good Catholic school and so I thought I was a Christian. Yeah. When I when I found when I found real forgiveness and I started pursuing a real relationship with Christ and 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 really got saved, I could not live the way that I was living before. That's right. It just it, it they they were oil and water they yep. it just it could, my yep. soul could not take it yeah and that's where that's what I want to get across to more people who are comfortable Christians because there's nothing in the Bible that's about being comfortable no no it the the scriptures call us to wholeheartedness and that's what was hitting me earlier when we were talking I, I can't remember now what you were saying but Jesus said the first commandment, the first and most important one, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's that's the most important thing. And it's not like just a little bit. He's saying all, everything that we're called to give our whole heart to loving God, which includes obeying him. It's not just a fuzzy feeling during a nice worship song. It's like, no, I'm surrendering everything. There's nothing off limits in my life. And I'm giving you all that I have, Jesus. Like, like you said earlier, my sexual life, my financial life, my physical life, my marriage, my business, all of it, everything, Jesus, is yours. And all that you say 
goes. Okay. Hopefully, in with this, we knock some people off of their position of comfort. That, like, if I, if I could say what, like, my biggest, the biggest thing in my heart, the biggest request I have is that I can knock us out of our <clears throat> comfort zone and into into a spot where you know. And we, we talked about you know the entrepreneurial journey and how uncomfortable that is. And, yeah. But yeah. let's just speak broad. This doesn't matter if you get a W two if you're retired or anything in your faith to get out of the un, uh, out of the comfort. Yes. And so yes. I, I think we have, if, if you, if we were to listen to the prayers, you know, if this is back to the Bruce almighty Jim Carrey movie, and you got to read the emails of everyone's prayer <laughs> and it, and it, <clears throat> so much of it, of those prayers are seeking comfort for us. Yeah. God, just help me, help me with this. Help me with that. Help me to get away with this. Help me to help this to get right. Like and it, it's all about, our comfort, not about what he wants. And, you know, when I think about the, um, how do you blend these two things of the come, come as you are, but then, yeah, but then here's yeah, the yeah, really yeah. uncomfortable truth. Yeah. It seemed like Jesus was, was calling the, the broken to him saying, come on in, come on in, brother. Yes, he and did. They're, and they're, they're humble right. and you come on in. Yes. But as you, but you can't stay an infant forever in your faith. You have right. to grow and step up with this. And, and certainly if you start getting prideful and arrogant in your faith, then, well, then he can, he can lay it, lay it down real thick. But, That's right. So what I want to do is with the heaviness of this is let's focus on some practical ways that someone can hmm. do. So someone who has been, um, who has been going to church, you know, whether in a, in a, you know, what we, what we would say religious or not, but they've been going to church, so they'd say they're spiritual, um, and they have they've never read the Bible, or they or they have, their life looks you know they still go out and drink and hang and do all the other stuff yeah. with yeah, yeah, gamble yeah. or anything else yeah. that they do yeah. that just that any unbeliever also does. Their life doesn't look any different. I want to start. I want to start with some practical steps for someone who's who's been in this for a while. So this isn't brand new to them, um, or they've been the, the faith isn't brand new to them. How do they make that change? Because I've got 20 years plus of habits formed around my thought of what my faith is. Mm -hmm. How do I change? Well, first, what's been on my heart is some people listening to this right now that the Holy Spirit might be convicting them about something specific. Okay. So the Holy Spirit's the spirit of conviction. You know, go read John 14 to 16. Jesus said that he'd convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. And so uh, some of you, as you're listening, if you feel like that, you know, there's one area, one little small thing that's coming up to your mind that you're like, man, yeah, that needs to change. I'd, I'd go as far to say, I, I think that's the Holy Spirit talking to you, convicting you. You need to take that next step. So, that's my first answer to your question is actually whatever the Holy Spirit's convicting you about, do what he says, respond to him, whatever he's laying on your heart, like don't put it off. Don't wait, respond. Yeah. Um, I, I've found for me personally too, when the Holy Spirit convicts me that like, if I put it off, sometimes I don't end up following through on it. It's better just to, as soon as I feel conviction, as soon as I feel like, that's exactly what I need to change. 
I need to, I, I should not watch that movie, right? Um, <clears throat> whatever it is that I change it immediately mm-hmm. and don't put it off because the Holy Spirit's God. So when he speaks to you about something you need to change, like <laughs> it's a good idea to get on that. You are uh, incredibly cocky. Uh, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but and I, I, maybe we say this all the time. So I, I might sound like a broken record, but we talked about like actually giving ourselves to the words of Jesus and actually like getting ourselves in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like how are you going to walk in the will of God if you don't even have a clue about what that is? Right. Because you, you know nothing about his word. Well, you, I grew, I grew up in, I've been to church plenty. I've heard pastors talk. But you haven't been in the word for yourself. And right. And full disclaimer here. There are a lot of there are a lot of bad pastors and there are a lot of well-meaning pastors who have a have a, a misperception of, of yeah. the word. Yeah. So yeah. It it's like okay. It's like saying, Yeah, but I have one meal once a week. Like, no, you can't li- you're you're not gonna survive, let alone have a strong, healthy body if you don't feed it every single day. And this is I go back to Jesus again. He said in, in Matthew, when he was tempted by the enemy, he quotes Deuteronomy and he says, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We shall live on the words that God speaks. We shall live on them. That if this is life to me, you'd think I need it more than just 20 minutes once a week. Yeah. Well, right? What about a 10-minute devotional? I mean? No. <laughs> Again, I love devotionals, but they're not this. Right. They're not you opening up God's word and reading it for yourself, interacting with it for yourself, and then talking to God about it for yourself. Like, bless the devotionals. I I bless everybody who wants to use a devotional, but incorporate, just just get into the Word. Like, get firsthand knowledge of God, firsthand interaction with Him. If If you just take in the devotionals and the sermons and the books, that's all secondhand knowledge. So Jesus said, again in Matthew, he said, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Okay? The words that proceed from God's mouth, the things God says, his word, we live on them. It's our life. Our life. If it's our life, you'd think, you know, that we'd take it in more than just 20 minutes once a week. Right? Right? And I, the reason why I so encourage people to get into the Word for themselves is because devotionals, sermons, books, all that other stuff is good. It's great, but it's secondhand knowledge. It's not firsthand interaction with God. Right. And that's what we got to get back to is firsthand interaction and encounter with God when, for ourselves. When Jesus said to the, get away from me, I never knew you. That same knew is the same Adam knew his wife and they conceived a son. 
or she bore a son. The that no is an intimate, yes, intimate no. Yes, Jesus says, "I didn't know you." Yeah. Well, that's pretty dangerous because I would say that, like, I am still. Uh, I think I'm. Um, in First Samuel, as I'm reading through that, I think it was maybe in chapter three. Something grabbed me this morning about just this different level of when Samuel heard his voice because Samuel didn't know. Yeah, God. yeah, that's he right. Know God. Like, that's right. But but he had been from the beginning of his life, as soon as he was weaned from his mother, he had been under under Eli. And, and yep. so he's been, yep. you know, and, and Eli was not a perfect high priest, but <laughs> but he he has been he has been studying the word of God for his whole life. And, and then he hears, he finally hears the voice of God, and it says that he didn't know God yet. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. That's right. Again, back to the fear That's of the right. Lord. Like, I have, there's been one time in my life where I where I could say I have heard the word of God. I have heard the voice of God. Now, I feel like he's given me plenty of direction here and there that I've perceived in my spirit. But one time, I, I, I would say I heard the voice of God. Love it. Which is amazing. But I don't know if I would qualify as, like, knowing, like, <laughs> There are a lot of people who I've talked to more than once that uh, that I would say I don't I don't intimately know, and so I just think that the fear of the Lord needs to stir up in us that that we have to we have to take this more yes. seriously than we do. Yes, we do. And I'm as you were talking, I was trying to find the uh, the passage. I I can't find it, but I I know it's in there. So somebody can Google you know <laughs> Google search it. But it's it's the same thing that. Uh, Jesus said to the Pharisees when he said, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have life. You refuse to come to me that you might have life. So it's the idea of, again, like you can you can even be in the scriptures. You can have all the Bible knowledge up here, right. but it doesn't mean you know God. It doesn't mean you know and interact with Jesus. So if I'm studying the scripture for for my knowledge so I can quote verses. Yeah, and, right. And show right. Just win an argument. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. We are going to stop here. Okay. And we're going to pick this up again next week. So hope this is helpful. I hope that this is stirring you up. I hope you're uncomfortable. Sorry. <laughs> I hope you're uncomfortable. And I, um, we're, we're going to just, we're just going to pick this up here and we're going to get, we're going to get down and practical. We're going to dig more into the finances and what that, what that's supposed to look like here, yeah. what a Christian's finances are supposed to look like and the accountability that we are going to have before mm-hmm. the Lord there. And so we're, so we're going to dig into that here next week and, uh, hope you'll tune back in. Have a good one. Thank you again for listening to Wealth Well Done. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player, and together we'll continue to improve our relationship with money and our effectiveness in stewarding it well.